Hi and welcome. My name's Brendan Kelly and I'm joined in the studio today by Perry Martin. Welcome, Perry. You're welcome, Brendan. The topic of conversation today is how emotions impact your ability to make good decisions. Perry, you've seen a lot of high performers by way of business and um, successful businesses and entrepreneurs as well as successful investors. And you've also seen a lot of people out there who are on the journey to becoming that. Perry, are you able to spot the difference? Uh, Within a few minutes, yes, definitely. So on the back of then, Perry, that you can see that and you can pretty easily identify those who are there and those who are not there and those who are really kidding themselves. Um, You'll also be able to see then the influence of emotion on decisions. So let me ask the question then of you, for those who are there, those who are high performance individuals by way of business, high performance individuals by way of investing, can you see them attaching emotion or people not attaching emotion? If you look at it, investing or business, for the most part, is a process of logical decision-making and also the careful use of gut instinct. And both of those uh, aspects require one to have minimised or subdued emotions. Emotions undermine logic and they undermine gut instinct. So the art of what you're looking to do then is really to not just see what's there, but to see what's missing. So for those who don't know Perry, Perry is a behavioral specialist. He sees, he sees people for the personality traits, the, the personalities that they've evolved over a period of their life. And he looks at what is present and looks at what is absent and then makes an asset and has the ability to make an assessment between uh, what is currently there, what is currently missing, and what needs to exist in order to be the high performance individual that people aspire to be uh, relative to their own personal goals, which is a really incredible and powerful thing to be able to see. So, Perry, what I might do at this point is get you to start the conversation around. Uh, people's emotion, how it plays out in their lives and how it influences both uh, supportively and, I guess, adversely towards making good buying and good investing decisions. Well, I think the first thing to say, Brendan, is that until you are a super experienced and competent investor or a super experienced and competent uh, entrepreneur or business owner, you are typically moving outside of your competency zone. So as an example, there'll be people listening to this webinar who might at this stage be working a job that they're comfortable in, that they're competent at, and on the side they're learning to invest and starting to dabble in purchasing property. And so in their existing day-to-day work, they'll feel very comfortable because it is within their competency zone, meaning that they've got the skills and capacities to do their job without stuffing up, so to speak. And so they feel comfortable. They might not like their work that much, but they feel comfortable. Now, the moment that you are uh, going to a new level as an investor or as a business owner, in this example, that's what's happening, person working their job, 
on the side, learning, training, and investing in property. The moment that you are upgrading in that way, you are moving outside of your competency zone. And as we move outside of our competency zone, we typically meet the emotions that we don't meet when we are in our competency zone or our comfort zone. And those emotions, sadly, tend to undermine the way the brain works, the way the, the brain thinks. And it's really important to say right now that investing or business relies on good quality decisions. If you make quality decisions, you have good financial outcomes. If you make poor quality decisions, you have bad financial outcomes. So the way we think and, and the careful use of the logical mind is really, really important. So again, key issue, the moment that you are moving outside of the competency zone, going to another level, you will tend to find that you will be more emotional than you are when you're in your competency zone. So the first thing you're going to meet is fear, self-doubt. Um, both of those things will pretty much always show up. You'll meet your personal story uh, around money. So as an example, if uh, you know you grew up in an environment where everyone around you said the only way to, to make money was to work for others and it's dangerous to invest, uh, again, once you're outside of your competency zone, moving learning, growing, and putting money on the line, that emotion is going to come up and undermine the ability of your logical mind to make the right decision. You, you, you know, the, the issue and challenge is, is that traditionally uh, people, when they want to learn to invest, they go and get what we'd consider, you know, technical training, which is, results to incredibly well. So that's all the know-how and the how-to. Now, as I said before, of course, you know, once you're outside of your competency zone, you're learning how to invest and you're putting money on the line, you will, whether you realise it or not, have emotions surfacing and trying to control you. Um, that's just human nature. And so for a, an investor to become very successful, they have to be very aware of how their emotions are undermining that clear and logical decision-making processes. And by the way, people think that positivity is a, a great thing to be, but you can be too positive or too excited, and that will also override good quality logical decision-making processes. Now, when I'm working with a client, of course, I can read people, which means that that person might be talking to me, they might be worried, they might be concerned. So as an example, they might be, um, uh, what would I call it, paralysis by analysis, and some of the people listening may experience this. You know, you can see that that property's got a green light, it stacks up, um, all the maths is working out well. Your 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 uh, results coach says, yes, it's looking good. But something inside of you is still going, mm, I, I, I just feel uncomfortable with this. I just feel uncomfortable with this. At that point, if that client's working with me, I'm going to get them to go and inspect why they feel uncomfortable. Because the moment they inspect why they feel uncomfortable, we're going to find a pattern, an emotional pattern with a belief system and a story. And when the uh, investor uh, can connect to that emotion and that story, then they suddenly find out something about themselves. They go, oh, wow, that's what I think. That's how I feel. And they start to see the story that controls the emotion. So in that way, they're starting to lead to self-mastery because at the start of this call, you talked about top investors and top business owners and what's the difference. They tend to only make logical decisions or gut instinct decisions. So therefore, they are not... Um, motivated or, or uh, 
undermined by emotional states. So we, we always look at emotional states as causing what we consider disturbances to logical decision making. So uh, now when we talk about emotions, and you can hear me say that I'm going to get someone to see what the emotion is, what the personal story is associated with that. Every individual has what we call a, you know, a biography of beliefs. Now, uh, as an example, if you grew up in a family where uh, money came easy and that your parents were wealthy and rich and you saw people making money easily, then you could have a story uh, that says something like it's really, really easy to make money and it'll be a part of your personality that's excited and will get stuck into investing. But as I said before, that story itself could lend you to being over-enthusiastic, not double-checking, not meeting. A bit, but the opposite of that, of course, is, as I said before, someone that, you know, they grew up um, and their uncle lost a family farm, as an example, through investing unwisely. Now, that story will be carried within their system and here they go to invest. Uh, they'll feel uncomfortable. But most people are, are not really connected to themselves. They don't know themselves well, so they just feel uncomfortable. And they might start procrastinating or, or um, as I said before, paralysis by analysis. And the real reason that they're operating that way is because that story is controlling them, but they don't know it well enough. They don't see it. They don't understand it, which is why awareness is the first thing. What is your emotional makeup? What, what are the emotions and belief systems that are undermining effective decision-making processes. Now, another way of communicating around this, is, by the way, is what we call peak performance investing states. In a peak performance investing state, you've been trained, obviously you've got all the knowledge, um, and in that uh, space, you are feeling confident, absence of emotions, able to make wise decisions just based on logic, or as I said before, you'll have gut instincts around things. Now, that would be a peak performance state. The opposite of a peak performance state, again, is someone that's carrying a lot of emotion in the body, a lot of stress, um, which indicates that there are stories being triggered, uh, or as I said, overexcitement, too much positivity, again, stories being triggered. All those things undermine effective decision-making processes so they corrupt the way the brain works. In fact, there's science behind this. So if someone's constantly in chronic emotional states of fear or self-doubt, it will undermine the executive brain function to even think logically. Uh, another interesting thing to say just quickly is that stories dictate. Um, I'm going to dig this up, actually. There's a, a study done in America and ha at Harvard University where people that have unconscious stories say that, you know, uh, that being well, uh, creating good amounts of wealth through, through investing is impossible. Uh, they actually will start missing and not even seeing those investment opportunities that can give them good outcomes because emotional states also uh, create what we call biases in what we see. And, and we tend to seek out evidence that supports our belief systems. So what you're saying is, if I'm hearing correctly, what you're saying is the emotional state is a significant influence so, for example, if you're living a, a – if life at work is stressed for you or life at home is stressed for you or um, or, or even flip that, if, if you're feeling particularly elated by some other aspect of your life, any emotional state is influencing your ability to make a sound, cognitive, logical decision about an investment – Yes, exactly. Like, you know, the, one of my coach, Georgina, that some of the, you know, who works as quite often with the results clients, 
um, she says that basically emotion has no place in investing. And so, you know, we always sort of laugh because you want a Zen state, that Zen state. Everyone, everyone listening would have experienced being in flow, like Brendan, you would have experienced that, being in flow, you're feeling good, you're feeling um, uh, not negative, a mild positiveness, and you can just tell that you're making good quality decisions, uh, decisions are easily made. That's a flow state where you're really absent, have an absence of, of um, emotions undermining the uh, cognitive abilities of the brain. Now, just coming back to what you said, that's correct because uh, even stresses outside, even internal health stresses, as an example, all have an impact on your ability to think logically. So any stresses have to be minimised. And one of the problems for most people is they're not even aware that they're stressed. They're not even aware of the subtle emotions that are impacting them or um, un undermining them. Uh, you know, they just walk around on a day-to-day -day basis. They're not that connected to themselves and therefore they're not seeing what it is that's actually driving them from an emotional perspective. Case in point, by the way. So uh, most people don't know what it's like to be in a deeply restful state. That's the modern world. Um, once you have uh, experienced deeply resting states, after those deeply resting states, you will observe that your decision-making processes work far faster. Your cognitive abilities are far better because deeply restful states um, undermine emotions from impacting our cognitive abilities. Deeply restful states undermine emotions. So really what you're saying then is... is well, it, it speaks to the power of meditation. It speaks to the power of um, probably identify first that you are in a state and then the ability to control that state such that you can function despite the emotion. Can, can actually anybody really turn off emotions or is it a case of we need to acknowledge that they're there, disempower their influence over, the, over us and then make a decision? Yes, you can easily not be in an emotive state. So, you know, obviously when, you know, you're going to, you're moving outside of your competency zone, you are putting money on the line, that's going to trigger an emotional uh, response for most people because for most people until that becomes a something they do day in and day out and have done it successfully, there will be a nervousness associated with that. As I, because they're just outside the competency zone. So, by the way, from from scientific perspective, the fear of loss is one of the hugest emotional drivers um, in human beings. So fear of loss is always present, and you'll know that because you work so closely with investors like I do. Fear of loss is always sitting deep in a person's unconscious mind. Uh, you ask the question, so there's sort of two approaches. The first approach is you want to use that stress by the way, the emotional stress to understand yourself more, know yourself more because um, all top traders and top investors and top business owners, they understand their emotional biography and that takes time to understand, takes time to work out and they work through and transform some of the belief systems and stories that undermine them. That takes longer to do, that takes inner work, that takes time. Um, and, but the fastest way is to nullify emotional states is to learn to med meditate or learn to deeply relax. But meditation is the quickest way to do that. Now, meditation uh, is one of the only things and the quickest ways of um, 
relaxing the nervous system. When the nervous system is relaxed, the brain tends to work in its optimal state without the influence of emotions. So yes, I haven't been asked this question before, by the way, Brandon, but that would be the very best and first thing that you would want to learn, how to meditate to control emotional states. Now, uh, just quickly, um, for years I worked with traders, futures and options traders, and futures and options traders work in very, very stressed scenarios. So what they have to do is they have to learn to control their emotions and minds. So we would spend a lot of time teaching them to meditate. And by the way, meditation doesn't need to be a woo-woo thing. There's all sorts of science that just shows you how it relaxes the brain, makes it work better, makes, makes it make better decisions and, and connect one to their gut instinct. And by training them to, to the traders to meditate um, and then work with their breath, we were really able to diminish the uh, emotional impact on their decisions. Interesting point then. So, so what you're saying then is a re- physiology um, is a significant contributor to emotive state as well. So it could be um, an external influence that creates an emotive state such as home pressures or uh, issues with family members or um, issues at work or issues with any form of relationship, all of those things bring a stress. Um, uh, even a birthday could bring a stress. Moving house brings stress. So anything you do could bring a stress or, or an emotive state or any sense of overjoy or um, delight could bring a euphoric um, sort of uh, different emotive state. But they are circumstances that influence our emotive position. There's internal circumstances that also influence our emotive position and that would be physiology if we are unwell if we are tired if we don't get enough sleep if we haven't eaten well if we haven't eaten uh, if we eat uh, junk food as opposed to healthy food and we do that for a long period of time if we don't exercise and we become couch potatoes for a period of time uh, the physiology uh, diminishes the, again, I, my belief, the, the cognitive ability to manage emotion or, or to, to control emotive states or extreme emotive states. So um, there are a lot of influences that have uh, the ability to affect emotion, which ultimately affects our ability to make an investing decision. Um, here's a perfect example. Um, ever seen a, a two-year-old that hasn't had enough sleep? <laughs> oh, that's ugly. Yeah, I, I have experienced a couple of two-year-olds with not enough sleep. Exactly, exactly. It's exactly that. So what you said is correct. All those things impact the physiology. They all impact our stress levels. Um, and it's a really good practice, as an example. So I had a fairly stressful morning this morning with my workload. If I had to make important business decisions this afternoon, I would not make those important business decisions without spending at least half an hour um, meditating. I would not be making important business decisions if I'd been out partying last night or hadn't had a a good enough sleep. And if there's stress in your home life, stress in your home life will also impact your ability to make decisions. All those things you said are are correct. And and by the way, if, if someone's living in chronic stress consistently and constantly, it shrinks the hippocampus in the brain, which is part of the executive brain function. So 
um, there are real challenges and issues with, say, long-term stress. They run the immune system down. They run the adrenal glands down. Well, the adrenals are spike all the time, uh, sending cortisol through the body. If you've got cortisol uh, moving through the body, you're, you're moving to flight or fight. Um, both of those things are absolutely going to undermine uh, your investment decisions and to be logical. Um, you'll also, by the way, bring some other things here because there's all these different personality styles. So under stress, we all react very differently. So we all, because you heard me say before, you want to really understand who you are and how you operate. Um, and by the way, that's one of the things that I do, and I'm just going to do a shameless plug here. If anyone wants to, to work with me, both my, my, myself and my team, we've, we're really able to read people. And what that means is if we spend half an hour with a client, we're able to help that client see exactly what their stresses are, how they operate, the kind of belief structures that are undermining their ability to invest properly. And Brendan, I haven't done this for ages, but we've, I'm doing some work with clients and I'm running a three, a 30 minute full coach chat with me. If anyone's listening and they want to work with me, they're welcome to. They can go to martininternational.com, book in. And I've got a pretty amazing promise. I'm saying if I can't give that uh, person a breakthrough, a real profound breakthrough in 30 minutes, I'm going to pay them 300 bucks. So it's free for the coach chat. Wow, that's big. Yeah, it means I trust myself. I trust, I trust myself to deliver. I sometimes wonder why other people in this field don't do that, but uh, I know I deliver. Anyway, just, just so coming back to that, that whole, you, you can look at certain types. So we know what we call trailblazers. You're, Brendan, you're a trailblazer. I, I have trailblazers tendencies. Under stress, we will tend to get frustrated. That would be our dominant emotion. And therefore, our work on is reducing the stress that's causing us to be frustrated, which will undermine our decision-making processes. Um, question, though, um, people don't always know when they're emotional. They don't always know when they're in an emotional state. How can people identify that they are, in fact, in an emotional state? What are the, what are the things that they can check within themselves to see if... Um, they are, in fact, emotional, and it will have an influence on their ability to make a good decision. Because if they are constantly in an emotional state but don't recognize it and don't see it, they just live out of it, then it's sort of blind to them. How can people see it? What, what, have you got some tips or tricks for people to be able to see that they are, in fact, in an emotional state? Uh, definitely. Um, first of all, everyone listening is probably heard this phrase and it's been bandied around here for about the last eight years and it's called mindfulness. Um, mindfulness is, is uh, a name that's been put to something that we've taught for years, by the way, and I, I love that people are now knowing about mindfulness. Um, and just give me a second here to provide a clear explanation for it. Most people, um, are, they keep all their awareness outside of them. With mindfulness, you are able to bring your awareness inside your physiology. So as an example, for the listeners, if I ask you now to become very mindful, take your awareness to your right big toe. And now I'm going to ask you to bring your awareness to your hips. Just feel your hips. Now, for the listeners, I want you to now feel into your jaw. 
Now, first of all, as I do this, you'll observe that you can actually guide your awareness to those locations and we'll have increased awareness of it. So I'm now going to take this to the second phase. I want you to feel into your body and observe where the pain is. You might have a niggly stomach, so just take your awareness to that, or sore knee, take your awareness to that. Now, you might feel that your body's tight. Just go in and feel where it's tight. I'll just step back for a second. So I'm trained. I was trained many, many years ago to keep awareness inside my physiology all the time. And by keeping awareness in my physiology, observing how the emotions show up in my body. So as an example, if you are angry, Brendan, certain signs will show up in your body, like your, your jaw will get tight. You might feel it in your shoulders if you brought your awareness to it. Just quickly, give me something. What would you experience in your body if you were angry? I feel frown. Uh, my uh, um, my teeth clench. My lips get tight, and there is a very aggressive look that appears on my face. Oh, 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 wonderful, Brandon. So, so the earlier you the earlier you are aware of that showing up, meaning before that all those things happen. Maybe one thing happens. Maybe you'll feel your jaw get tight. So if you've practiced developing observing awareness, then you would observe, oh, my jaw is getting tight. That means I'm getting angry and agitated about something. The moment that you've got to that point, you're a very conscious human being when you get like that, by the way. And then you can make the decision, ah, I don't want to be this way because it's undermining my ability to make an effective decision right now. And you would then take a few big breaths and you might drop it or you might have a five-minute meditate or whatever is required. Um, but in that little example, you start to see the, the develop, high development of awareness. Now, someone that has emotional mastery, like I've worked with some traders, top-level traders, uh, again, options and futures traders, that are constantly aware, have built such a high attention to what's happening in their physiology by bringing the awareness inside. It gets stabilised inside. While they're trading, they're observing themselves and their emotional reactions before those emotional reactions can override what they're doing. That You can get to that point that you have that much mastery over where your awareness is placed. Does that make sense? It does indeed. So if I think about my anger scenario and uh, something triggered that last night, in fact, it was I was rather frustrated last night. And... I notice as a consequence of the anger, uh, I get louder and more direct and aggressive in my language and in my delivery of words. But that's, that's the consequence of anger, not the, not the first trigger. And if I, if I look inside as to what is the first trigger, it is a, a tightening. It is a, there's an increased heart rate, an increased tension in my muscles throughout the body. There is a, um, a sense of, of heightened um, fight scenario. And that emotion then triggers the physiological or the, the, the physical outcomes. Brendan, you're just wonderful to work with today to, to explain this. So uh, just great awareness. So basically the rule of thumb, I'm going to tell you what I'd do if I was working with you. The rule of thumb is the earlier, earliest that you can see that tightening of muscles um, the wiser you're becoming because you're going, oh, oh, I can see that I'm being triggered. 
if I keep indulging this, the next thing will happen. I'll really tighten up my jaw, you know, that whole thing that you talked about. So the earlier you get hold of it, um, it's called what we call a pattern interrupt. You've observed it. Now, at that point, if you were working with me, I would give you some techniques. Actually, that's interesting. Yeah, sorry, just intersect. No, no problem. Thinking about that more, there is actually a point in the back of my neck that gets triggered before the body tightens up. There is a, there is a thought, and at that thought moment, I engage in the process of getting angry. It, it's fascinating. If you, if you do observe the process that leads you to that point, you can actually drill it back to the moment. Brandon, I'm giving you gold stars, mate. <laughs> that's just incredible. That's great. That's gold stars. That's really good observing awareness. Now, just stay with this because that's brilliant. So that thing that happens in the back of your neck, and you also see the story. So that story will tend to trigger that experience in the back of the neck. Now, if you're really working for mastery, yeah, you're going to go, okay, if I now continue to allow this pay behavior to unfold, um, that's really unwise because every time I do that, it leads to this result. And we'll keep it in an investing context. It's going to undermine my ability to be cognitive and make good decisions. Then a wise person will drop it right there and then. And so if I was working with you, you would observe it, work to drop it, and I might give you um, some tools or techniques that you would use right in that moment to um, change the pattern. Now, I'll just give you an example. So it might be, I'm gonna ask you to take four or five breaths and in each of those breaths say, I'm willing to be relaxed so I can make good decisions. With those three breaths. Now at that point, you've had, you've observed it. There's, uh, you've now decided that you're not gonna indulge the emotion and you use some tools to commit to who you need to be to be a, a, a conscious, logical investor, which is I must drop this emotion. And each time you do that and you practice that, you now start to build a new neural pathways. You start to stop indulging the old neural pathways. We're going to brain science here because every time you get triggered in that way, the back of the neck goes, then the uh, muscles start tightening, etc. You keep making that pattern of behavior, it becomes more ingrained. So that's why there has to be conscious work in seeing, observing it at an earlier state. And then, and I want to tell you something about that in a moment, uh, earlier state, and then a bunch of tools um, to now be and behave who you need to be to invest or make those wise decisions. Now, the reason you want to do it as early as possible is. If, if it gets too far away, meaning you haven't stopped it and it keeps indulging, it sets off a whole cascade of chemical and hormonal changes in the body. And once those chemical and hormonal changes uh, happen, by the way, now, you're, now your logical decision-making abilities are totally gone out the door, but it's really hard to come back from uh, a triggered belief system or a triggered set of behaviors once it's changed the chemical and hormonal levels in the body, you'll usually live out what you're going to live out. And then, you know, the next day you'll look back and think, shit, I wish I hadn't done that. Okay. Does that make sense? So once the freight trains reached full, 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 full speed, it's a hard thing to stop. One of the things around though, um, that I'd like to add to that, if I may, is as you observe self, and, and the primary message here is observe self. As you observe self, 
um, and learn about self. You are learning about triggers. And while we say, oh, right, I recognize a trigger, you know what? Every time I play that trigger or recognize that trigger, I won't go down that path anymore. Um, that's, that takes training. That takes time to realign and create that neural pathway that, that Perry's been talking about. One of the things I'd like to add about that is don't beat yourself up by going down the old path again. One of the things people can tend to do is go for a, oh, the right thing to do is this, the wrong thing to do is that. And if I go down the path, that's the wrong thing to do and then berate themselves for doing the wrong thing. All that does is reinforce the existing path. Um, one of the, I, my position here is, is you need to disempower the existing path to enable you to create an alternative one. And one of the ways I find that best works for me with that is humor. If you are, uh, recognize the path and you go, I go down this path from time to time and oops, there, I've been triggered again. Oops, I've gone down there and they go, ah, Yep, I'm halfway down this path again. The freight train's left. It's going. You can, if you, even if you catch it halfway through, um, you go, oh, okay, I get it. I'm down this path. Not bad and wrong to have gone down this path. Just recognize it. Be amused by it. And then recreate the path that you can go down. Because the humor allows you to let go of it rather than be right or wrong about it. And that gives you freedom. Oh, perfect. One of the reasons that people don't want to observe themselves is they judge what they see. No one wants to see that they're nervous. No one wants to see and own that they've got self-doubt because they're all uncomfortable feelings. They're all uncomfortable emotions, now, especially in male culture. We're, we're, we're taught that, you know, we've got to be John Wayne's or, or somehow perfect. So people don't want to observe and own um, their emotional makeup because typically then they give themselves a hard time for it. They beat themselves up. Uh, you can see you speak quite freely of your emotions, and so do I. That's because I'm okay with who I am right to my core. Now, if what we see people doing, and I, I think the personal growth industry has played into this in some way, professional development industry as well, it takes time to change the neural pathways it takes time to even develop the neural pathways to learn to really observe oneself um, in the moment and what that means is you will stuff up you will play that pattern out again and again and again the one that you're trying to change and that's okay be kind to yourself because that's just natural and normal when you see all these uh, promotions for, you know, uh, you know, you can change this pattern overnight or come to this two-day workshop and, and, and you'll never have that pattern again. It's just lies. And it sets people up for a deep sense of failure when it doesn't happen for them overnight. And when it can't, it takes months to build neural pathways. Typically, by the way, you can have some pretty strong breakthroughs uh, within 30 minutes, but stabilizing uh, neural pathways and reducing the pattern of the old and, and building new patterns of behavior and emotion um, take time. I think there were studies done once and it's like takes 48 days just to build a new neural pathway, doing something every day and strengthening it so it's a habit. Okay, so you're at the next get-together in Sydney, which is I'm really quite excited about. Um, what we do in Sydney at the get-together is uh, give you 12 members for you to go and talk to and evolve thoughts with. And that's very exciting. Uh, the, the constant feedback we get from those who attend your workshops is that 
there is an, an evolution. There is an understanding of self that comes out of that. And they get between 70 and 90 minutes with you, which is really great. For those who are going to the get-together in Sydney, uh, Perry will be there. Uh, we're actually quite excited to have him there again. And thank you ever so much, Perry, for joining us. Um, and I would encourage you, uh, if you are interested in control of self, to be able to make better and stronger investing decisions, that you uh, put your name down quickly into uh, one of Perry's 12 people workshops. And again, Perry, a way for people to access you uh, for work themselves should they want to because you've been working with our results members for a while now on an individual basis. And I hear from those people that the work you do with them is actually making a significant shift in their ability to make bigger, better, bolder, but more consistently correct investing decisions. They speak very, very highly of the work that comes out of the work that they do with you. So, Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Brenda. Also, it always impacts other areas of their lives, relationships as well. You can't just work on your patterns as an investor without having control over patterns on every other area of life that matters to you. But for those that are interested and want to work with me, just go to www.martininternational.com and you'll see there right on the front page, 30-minute chat offer to communicate with me. There's no obligation. It's free, so there's no risk. And I spend 30 minutes with you and try and give you a profound breakthrough within that 30 minutes. And as I said, if I can't, I give you $300. I back myself that much. Now, I do flag that if you are listening to this as a recording uh, and you jump on Perry Martin uh, or martininternational.com and you find it's not there, uh, that will be because the offer has expired. So um, uh, short-term window of opportunity. So for those who are listening to this live, um, if that's something you wish to do, I encourage you to follow through. How, Perry, would you like to close off the conversation about being able to control or get past or work through that emotional state such that uh, you're able to make better better investing decisions? Well, I want to say that you cannot, you cannot reach the heights of wealth, the investment success that you want. It's unlikely that you'll have the lifestyle you're aiming for without developing self-mastery over your emotional states, mind states and belief states as an investor. You have to deal with all those emotional disturbances that impact your ability to make clear decisions. And everything we've talked about today undermines your cognitive ability. So there's no point getting lots and lots of technical training, which is really important, by the way. You've got to get the technical training. But if you're undermining it with these emotional dispositions and stories and belief systems, you want to do both things. You want to develop self-mastery and get the knowledge required. Perry, I want to thank you ever so much for your time today um, and your insights into managing emotion. I think they've been uh, quite powerful and insightful for people to be able to consider things differently. Um, perhaps even, if nothing else, to recognise that they're in an emotional state at, a, at any one moment. Um, and allow them perhaps to, or at least the opportunity to step out of it, whereas otherwise they might not have known. Um, I look forward to seeing you at the get-together, uh, and uh, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us today. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Brendan. Um, for those listening to this, thank you very much for joining us, and until we meet again, invest wisely.
Oh, 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 oh,